Hey, welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Bradley Brumley from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Thanks for joining me today. I recently went to a Families Belong Together rally here in Austin. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't intend to jump into politics so quickly. I, I knew it would happen, but I thought, you know, I'm gonna ease into it. But the White House zero tolerance policy has really struck a chord with me. And I wanted to go down to the Capitol and hear some stories, talk to some people, because as a father, I just, I can't imagine what that would be like to be separated from your child. Now, if you lean more conservative, this may not be the episode for you. And also the stories you're about to hear are a little graphic. So if you have any young children with you, maybe save this episode later for when they're not around. Now, the first speaker you're gonna hear is an attorney from the Texas Civil Rights Project and he's gonna share some stories from his clients and talk about his organization. Hi everyone, how's everyone doing today? It's beautiful to see everyone here. I just came back from McAllen yesterday. I've been there a couple of weeks working directly with parents who have been separated, and this just fills my heart with joy after seeing and hearing from some of the most terrible things I have ever witnessed. And so I'm here to tell you about what we are doing and what we are seeing on the front lines. Again, my name is Hanan. I'm with the Texas Civil Rights Project, and for 30 years we've been Texas lawyers for Texas communities. I'm here today because we've been at the front lines of addressing this crisis in the Rio Grande Valle. Since May 24th, we have been at the federal courthouse in McAllen, Texas, speaking to parents who have been separated from their children right before they face criminal prosecution because of the Trump administration's zero tolerance policy. These distraught parents have literally the night before been removed from their children many of them in the dead of night, and in one instance that I spoke to one grandmother yesterday who has diabetes, went to the medical tent, and when she returned, her granddaughter was gone. In the short amount of time that we've been in the courtroom, we've been able to interview 381 parents just in the McAllen courthouse who have been separated. And I'm here today to tell you about why they're here and what they told me. This is what one of our clients, Vilma, had to say. I had no other choice. I felt I was risky. I had to save my life and the lives of my children because Vilma fled her village from Guatemala when her husband was brutally murdered in front of her. She went to the police and they told her they could not help her and she was on her own. And she believed in her heart that she needed to leave to save her and her children's life or they would be murdered too. Otro cliente, another client, is Dagoberto. He and his son from, her, from El Salvador, and although his family had lived a difficult life, he had no intentions of leaving his community. But when his son turned 12 years old, things started to change, like they do for so many young boys in El Salvador. Maras, or criminal gangs, targeted his son at 12 year old for recruitment, and they wanted to bring him in. He told me about how they were stopped at school, at the market, anywhere that they went. And when they finally refused to join, they threatened to kill his 12-year-old in front of him. This is the scale of the injustices for our clients. 
almost every single one of our clients, 381 of them, told us about extortion, rape, murder, and everything that they've encountered. But they are not victims. They are survivors, and they are here to make their lives better. Unfortunately, since arriving here, when they arrived here, they were met by the hostile immigration system that was built even before the Trump administration that was meant to kill them and brutalize them. And that's why we're here. We are, um, there are still hundreds of families who have no access to attorneys, no idea when they're gonna be reunited with their children. And in some cases, including five of our clients, have already been deported without their children and there's no plan or idea of how they're gonna get reunited. We demand that the Trump administration reunify families and end zero tolerance now. But we're also here to say that this problem will not end until we abolish ICE and abolish CBP. If you can help us, we need you. If you're a Spanish-speaking attorney who can take on a case, we have almost 400 people who need an attorney right now. Sign up on TexasCivilRightsProject.org and please, when the cameras go away, when the politicians leave and start thinking about something else, we need you to keep going with us. Between speakers, I noticed a guy with an abolish ice sign. It's a sentiment I I don't share. I don't think um, I don't have enough information as of yet. But I feel like ice is just carrying out orders from the White House, right? So I wanted to talk to this guy about that idea. And uh, for better or worse, whenever I hear someone say abolish ice, I instantly equate open borders to that. I know that's not fair, um, but that's also not always the case as uh, you'll soon hear. Halfway through our conversation, though, we were lucky enough to be joined by an actual economist, and he brought up some really interesting points. Um, here's me walking up to a stranger with a sign. So, I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. Chris Scholard. Chris, good to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. So, I noticed you got the Abolish Ice sign. Just have a question. Do you Are you for open borders? How would you see this happening, or is it just ice in general? Uh, well, ICE was created only 15 years ago, and in that short time has become such a corrupt, uh, awful kidnapping organization that is completely 180 degrees from its stated initial intent and mission. Um, I do tend to favor open borders, but I know this sounds oxymoronic, but a controlled open border, not not to prevent people from getting in, but to help guide people into the country and provide them with assistance and knowledge and information and guidance as to you know, how to maneuver once they get into the country. You know, it's, it's really a humane thing. Yeah. You know, uh, ridiculously closed borders criminalize people who aren't criminals. I mean, you can't really just make up a law and suddenly people who are living their lives become criminals. That's absolutely wrong. 
but at the same time, open borders, uh, I think, creates what could end up being a more oppressive environment. Oh, because really? the United, Because people just wandering into the United States might become prey to predators and right, to right. awfulness. And, you know, it, it could become voluntary human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, so I do think a controlled border, not based on quotas, not based on race or ethnicity or anything, but based solely on providing assistance to those entering the country would be my idea. So they actually have quotas for ICE? Like, no, oh, no, no, okay, no, but I'm, but I'm saying a controlled border. Yeah. Our controlled borders used to have quotas. Oh, I see, okay. And I'd be opposed to that. Yeah. And they had all different classes of different work visas uh, that were also corrupted and also really exploited. Mm. You know, apparently uh, our first lady is here on what we used to call the genius visa, which is a visa for somebody possessing specific technological skills oh, and really <laughs> yes <laughs> I in, didn't know my, that. in my personal opinion under these standards yeah Melania Trump is an illegal alien yeah and her son Baron is an anchor baby <laughs> wow that's an interesting concept <laughs> but I'm yeah. also opposed to the idea of illegal aliens and anchor babies right yeah but if we want to under their law though if we want to go to get technical tat, exactly <laughs> exactly you know there was a, a gentleman, and I wish I had caught the whole interview, he was being interviewed, who, who was either had be, was with ICE, an official with ICE, or had just left, and he said the problem with a lot of ICE people, well, officials, is their job was, was originally mainly to uh, fight, uh, you know, international gangs, uh, uh, sex traffickers, people, you know, People, slave, you know, slave labor traffickers, and uh, other serious crimes, and none of them are doing it now. So, the drug traffickers and the sex worker traffickers are basically coming in and out because all their all their time is spent arresting women and children. And, and so they're basically making us less safe. Oh yeah, they're making well, us much less safe. I believe I was just informed that the hashtag abolish ICE was actually created by former ICE members who have resigned. And I that know a number have guys. resigned. However, I disagree with the fact that it became corrupted. I think it was corrupt from its inception mm. and sold to us like so many organizations under the guise of good. It is the illusion of safety to provide cover for actual corruption. Here's the one thing about immigration that this country, I, I nev never hear this argument made. Um, and this is the most important thing. We're on the, at the beginning of our demographic apocalypse as all the baby boomers retire. Right. And so the num percentage of work, working age people in the country has, has dramatically dropped and will continue to drop for about a 20 year period. Hmm. The people who are coming in, especially uh, people seeking asylum, are invariably of working age or soon will be. Right, yeah. These are the people who will 
help prevent our demographic apocalypse. Right. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, nobody, right. nobody is talking about it. Yeah. Everyone is saying, well, they're coming here, they're going to use this, they're going to use that. No, they're not. Well, they're going to save our here's butts. Why. Yeah. Here's why, in my opinion. Okay? The fact, the dearth of jobs in the United States is due primarily to two things. The great fall-off of manufacture within the United States and the offshoring of jobs. And you know why they offshore jobs? Because it's cheaper. Because, but no, not just that. That They get huge tax breaks for yeah. offshoring. Right. If you stop that, that will reduce the amount of offshore jobs. Sure. But most of the manufacturing jobs probably that were lost, probably as much as 90%, have been lost due to automation. That's and true. the jobs yes. which are coming back yeah. are not coming back to employ thousands and thousands of people. Correct. They will be mainly uh, high-level technical people who can service the robots. Right, yeah. And that's where we should be concentrating our efforts, making sure that we have enough engineers and skilled workers. But we keep cutting education. Yes, so, we do. So we, we have, have to, we will have to end up competing with China and Thailand. And China doesn't want to be in the low-wage market much longer. No. Yeah. They are trying through education and uh, development to get into the value-added, mm. high-value-added products. They don't want to make iPhones because there's not much high-value-added in Right, yeah. They want to design iPhones. <laughs> That's where the money is. So, you know, we say, well, all our iPhones are made in, in China. Yeah, but all the profit... Is American. Absolutely. So we have to deal with those. I studied economics. I have a degree in economics from LSE. And I just am tired of hearing the bullshit and nonsense. Yeah. I mean, this is just, you know, you look at this. We're having the start of a trade war. This will not end well. No, no. No, soon China will be out offshoring its jobs to us because we'll be the low-wage workers. Yeah. But at the moment, GM just said they were going to offshore. Harley-Davidson said they're going to increase offshoring. Uh, there's a company called Mid-Continent Nail, mm -hmm. the biggest yes. producer of nails in the United States. Yep. says it's going to go out of business. Because yeah, they just announced that within the last few days. So you, this is just the beginning. Believe me, we are looking at an economic catastrophe in the next few months. This is just... You know, the whole thing is insanity. show on economic catastrophe. Um, hopefully there's a way out of that. And I think I'm going to get Jimmy back on the show for another episode to talk about how. Stay tuned for that one. Now up next is Sorma Franco. I think I said that right. Her story is heartbreaking, but it's also inspiring as well. No, la migra! No, it's 
Mi nombre es Zulma Franco, soy una mujer guatemalteca que emigró en el 2009. My name is Zulma Franco, I'm a Guatemalan woman. Crucé la frontera en el 2009. I crossed the border in 2009. Y empecé mi lucha con emigración por casi más de ocho años peleando en contra de este sistema. And I've been fighting for almost eight years against this system. A broken system that is not made for immigrant people. And I am here now. Asking for justice. Liberation. For those mothers and those children. That are being accused of crimes that they have not committed. Look at your children next to you, please. What do you feel looking at them? Amor. Love. How would you feel if they ripped out, ripped away your two or three year old? breaks your heart to see your child yelling, no mom, no dad. And then taking your child to a cage in a detention center. These mothers want to die without their children next to them. Los oficiales de inmigración no tienen corazón. The immigration officials, they have no heart. Esto es lo que hace el gobierno de Estados Unidos. This is what the U.S. government does. Abolish ICE. Esto es lo que hacen esas instituciones privadas. These private institutions do. Esto es lo que hacen esas instituciones y el gobierno permite que nosotros seamos humillados. These institutions do this, and the government allows them to humiliate us. No somos criminales. We are not criminals. No todos somos mexicanos. We are not all Mexican. Que el señor presidente no sabe la de definir cómo nos tratar a nosotros la gente emigrante. The, the president here doesn't even know how to define what we are. Llegamos a este país. Para construir, construir nuestra familia y construir mejores leyes en este país. We came here to build, to build with our families and to build better laws for this country. Este país ha sido construido a base del sudor y el trabajo de la gente emigrante. This nation has been built by the sweat and the pain of the immigrant people. Hotel, every restaurant yeah. built by immigrants. Yeah. Who cleans them? Who cooks for all of you? Who's made these streets? This is time to show your power. It's time to change. 
acoso que hay en contra de la comunidad inmigrante. It's time to end the harassment against the immigrant community. Que cierren todas las prisiones y dejen salir a esas madres, a esos niños y a esos padres. They need to close these prisons and free these children and these mothers and these fathers. I charge immigration with harassment, abuso de poder, abuse of power, daño psicológico, psychological damage, y es culpable de las muertes de las personas que han estado en los centros de detención. And it's guilty of the deaths of a lot of the people that have been in these places. He estado luchando desde que llegué en 2009 en contra de inmigración. I've been fighting against immigration since 2009 when I arrived. Tenía una orden de deportación directa por inmigración. I had a direct deportation order by ICE. Porque me dijeron de que no tenía pruebas contundentes para ganar un asilo. Because they said I didn't have factual evidence for asylum. Señores, vengo huyendo, no vengo de paseo. These folks don't know that I am running away from something. I'm not here on vacation. <laughs> When you're running from something, you leave with nothing. And they say that I don't get asylum. Entonces tenía, me arrestaron y me llevaron a cuatro diferentes centros de detención they arrested me and took me to four different detention centers y me dejaron salir con una fianza de 15 mil dólares que nunca me devolvieron and they let me out if I paid 15,000 dollars that they never gave back to me a un mes me dicen que tengo que presentarme nuevamente a la oficina de inmigración In a month, I have to present myself to immigration. Y dicen que me van a And they say they're deporting me. Pero sin papeles y sin miedo. But I got no papers and I'm not scared. Papeles. No papers. Y sin miedo. And no fear. I'd like to thank Sorma Franco for her story. I also want to thank Jimmy Horowitz and Chris Scollard for taking the time to talk to me and all the other speakers that were there at the Families Belong Together rally. I've talked to quite a few people on this topic, and if I'm being honest, I disagree with most of their viewpoints. There seems to be this talking point that since immigrants are crossing illegally, that this is somehow justified. I think that helps people to rationalize the barbaric behavior of the Trump administration. Uh, the reality is people seeking asylum are being turned away at the ports of entry that they're supposed to go through, as if we're not accepting immigrants anymore. And according to the Constitution, that's not true. Um, they're being forced to cross illegally and then punished for doing so. It sounds a lot like entrapment to me. And 
you got to believe that if my life and my family's life were in danger and I had to flee a country, that there's no way I'm going to turn back. And I, don't, I think a lot of people feel the, probably the same way faced with that situation. Um, the part I don't get is what Jimmy Horowitz touched on, where we are facing a labor shortage and need workers. And if asylum seekers are willing to come to this country, obey the laws, pay taxes, we should be welcoming them with open arms. I mean, that's what made America great to begin with, not some red hat. I cannot begin to imagine how hard it is to control the border. It's a colossal task, and I'm sure many, many moving parts. Not an easy job for sure under any presidency. And I get how some people could manipulate the situation and maybe even bring a kid over that may not be their own to garner some kind of sympathy. But in my opinion, we can't let them dictate our level of compassion to the people that actually deserve the help. Um, there's always going to be people that try to game the system. Always will be, unfortunately. But we're a nation of smart people that enforce laws and catch criminals. I'm all for securing the borders, but nationalism is going to hurt us. Separating families is wrong. Regardless of the politics, uh, regardless of families, whether they get asylum or not, let's reunite these families. I think this little girl says it best. Free the children! the show for this week. I hope you liked it. You can check out some photos from the day and additional items of interest at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Please rate the show if you get a chance. Thanks a lot, and I will talk to you next week.